welcome back to the All Blue New York Giants podcast. It's been a while. It's been a few weeks, a few months, but inevitably we are back. And in we, I mean me, as my co-host Angelo is working currently on this great Wednesday. But we have a lot to talk about. Uh, We will be going over the first unofficial depth chart that was released, I believe, yesterday. And we will be looking at the first two joint practices, as well as talking about how the first uh, training camp session went. Um, But first, got a new logo just designed it got some some edits out on our uh, instagram page so if you don't follow it already go follow the all blue giants all blue giants once again uh on on instagram it's gonna have the same profile picture as twitter if you didn't follow twitter already all blue giants once again and yeah go follow those two Got some great posts, got a nice Daniel Jones edit, got some Sunday Night Football, counting down 32 days, or 31 days until Sunday Night Football. Um, Also got Anthony Barr working on a visit with the Giants. Nothing too crazy, he'll probably be competing for linebacker too. And then today is Xavier McKinney's birthday. So, happy birthday, X, if you ended up listening to this pod, which I don't know. Met him IRL, pretty sick guy, really nice. Um, shout out to X. So have a great birthday, bro. Anyway, let's get back to the first unofficial depth chart from the Giants. So unofficial depth chart is they put this chart together, and it's it's not set in stone for week one of of the season. This is just. Uh, right now, we're going to get through some preseason games. It'll definitely change probably after the, even the first one. But this is what they have listed so far. So <clears throat> let's just go over it real quick. Some surprises, some not really. Uh, we'll start off at quarterback. Obvious, Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor, and then Tommy DeVito. A uh, freshman from, or not freshman, well, the rookie from Syracuse. Uh, he played in a few teams, but no surprise there. Then at tight end, Darren Waller, who has been impeccable at camp. If this guy stays healthy, healthy, he is going to be a legit threat for Daniel Jones. Him and Daniel Jones have been having a great connection already just in camp. And this could continue, and this could very much be a problem for the league. And we could put the league on notice, which I will talk about later about what the league has been doing. Anyway, him and Daniel Bellinger. Uh, Bellinger is going to be great too. I heard they were running a lot of 21 personnel, um, which, which, which with Daniel Bellinger and Waller, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, and I looking at this receiving room, you know, we have a lot of people, so I don't know who those two receivers will be, but it's 12 personnel. My bad. This is what I was. <clears throat> this is what I was. Yeah, it's, it's 12 personnel. That's what I meant. I didn't mean 21 personnel. I was like 21 personnel. No, that's two running backs. Um, but yeah, so we're running a lot of 12 personnel, Waller, Bellinger, uh, assortment of receivers out. We'll get to the receivers when we get to them. But I really like this duo of Waller and Bellinger. Obviously, we have Lawrence Cager at the third, Tommy Sweeney at the fourth, and Chris Myrick at the fifth tight end. We love Chris Myrick. 
<clears throat> um, so let's go to the first group of receivers, which the re when you're looking at a depth chart, the receivers obviously can change, but Darius Slayton's listed at one, Sterling Shepard at two, and David Sills at three, which is no surprise because I've been hearing a lot of reports that Sterling Shepard may not get a lot of PT this year um, just because of how swamped this wide receiver class is. Look, we got Hodgins, Hyatt at two, Colin Johnson, Bryce Ford Wien. Another Bryce Ford Wien has been hyped up a lot. Uh, I've been watching him. Not, doesn't have the greatest routes ever, but has some nice hands. Um, Colin Johnson obviously battling back from that torn Achilles, I believe, or torn Achilles. Um, and then Paris Campbell, oh, Paris Campbell, Cole Beasley, and Jamison Crowder, Jaden Mickens, who didn't play last year, Khalil Pimpleton. It's probably going to be a cut, but Jaden Mickens was on Tampa Bay. He's like a return man. Uh, I think he was injured last year, so he'll be playing for the first time this year if he plays. Once again, the major addition was Cole Beasley. We never got to talk about this. Um, Cole Beasley, veteran slot receiver. He's been getting reps. Him and Campbell. But Campbell has the versatility to go on the outside as well. So that's the thing with Campbell, which I'm going to talk about. This wide receiver room has a lot of versatility. Paris Campbell can play on the outside. Cole, Ble Cole You could have... Paris Campbell on the outside, Cole Beasley on the inside, and have like Jalen Hyde on the other side. So much versatility. Hodgins hasn't been having the best training camp from what I've heard, but he's still able to get some catches down. Um, and I'm just very curious what, what Kafka and his coaching staff does with the wide receiver room because there's so many combinations that you could do um, and just so many wide receivers. Like it, it baffles me. Last year, we basically had dirt. At wide receiver and now this year we just signed every slot you know crowder beasley hot um wandale is gonna come back soon who else sterling shepherd can play in the slot i don't know if he's gonna play but all these wide receivers and i wonder who's gonna run out there with the first team now obviously in a perfect world no injuries would be amazing but we live in a world where injuries are a thing injuries happen a lot and you should you should expect them. So hopefully nobody gets hurt because that'll be beautiful right now. I believe nobody is hurt significantly. Uh, besides Evan Neal did go into concussion protocol, I believe two days ago. So he's not playing here at the Lions training camp, but I believe it's, I believe he should be out there soon. Uh, right now, Matt Parrott is out there. I think he, 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 he wasn't doing too good against uh, Hutchinson around that edge but anyway yeah this wide receiver group is insane to think about and i'm very curious to see what they do obviously i think darius slain's a lock i think he's going to be playing a lot i think hodgins will be playing and campbell and beasley beasley probably in the slot paris campbell has versatility as long as he doesn't get hurt i believe he tweaked something i saw a tweet yesterday or two days ago that he tweaked something and he was walking off injured um, but I think he's fine. They said it wasn't serious, but he they did say he had something. Um, but it's baffling. And then adding Darren Waller and Daniel Bellinger, this offense could be legit. Once again, going back on the training camp, multiple reports. You look at any podcast, you look at Twitter, Twitter's popping off. They, they, they were saying it's the best offense they've seen in years. Absolutely killing the defense. And 
even this is probably Daniel Jones's best training camp of the year. Now I'm not going to get ahead of myself as we'll talk about how the first two lines they went as the second one just finished. Um, but they said Daniel Jones has been looking elite, barely having turnovers. He's been great. Uh, staying after practice, working with Cole Beasley, working with Waller. When Waller sat out, you know, he's having great throws to Slayton and looking at Paris Campbell, you know, this they're they're firing on all cylinders. Talk about John Michael Smith. He's been going crazy at center, even against the Lions. Um, but this is we'll talk about the O line here pretty soon. But very excited for the for the wide receiver. So let's get into the O line. So right right tackle, obviously Evan Neal. Right guard is Mike Mark Glowinski. Center they got John Michael Smiths like usual. Left guard is Ben Bredesen, and left tackle is Andrew Thomas. No surprise, a left or right tackle. However, the interior O line does bring up some question marks. Besides John Michael Smiths, we knew that obviously he would start, but he was uh, trading reps at practice with Ben Bredesen. You know, uh, Dable's actually been having a whole lot of uh, O-linemen being able to snap the ball. Um, as we saw, when was it? I think it was last year. During training camp, a bunch of centers got hurt, and we had nobody. They were testing people out at center, so they don't want that to happen again. So they, they're they testing. I believe they, they were testing everybody. Like Marcus McKeithen was getting rep. If you were playing on the inside at guard or center – you were learning how, like at guard, you were learning how to snap the ball. Um, just in case somebody goes down, you're able to be versatile. Um, so, but th- this is a surprise. Uh, Zudu was getting reps at left guard instead of Bredesen. We've seen many combinations that we saw Bredesen at center, Zudu at left guard. We saw Bredesen at right guard, Zudu at left guard, and John Michael Smith's. Um, which I think in an ideal world, I would like that. Uh, having Bredesen at right guard and Azudu at left guard. Uh, but obviously, you don't want to rush Azudu. I don't think he looked that bad. I saw a few videos of him against the Lions, and it looked awful. But he's obviously still got to develop. Third round pick last year. You know, it's, it's his second year. He's got to he's start. He's got to start showing some promise, even though he's a third round pick. You know, moving up a little. Um, but that's that's the real question mark is this interior O line. We know John Michael Smith is going to start for a fact, but we're gonna we're wondering where is Bredesen and Zudu and Lewinsky gonna tie into this? Um, they have Shane Lemieux at third string for center and left guard. Jack Anderson fourth. Obviously, <clears throat> this isn't official, like I said. But that's that's a real question mark, and I I, I wanted a Zudu and Bredesen, but obviously I think they're just gonna ride Glowinski out this year, and then next year he should be on his way out, <clears throat> with the promise that Zudu should be starting next year. But that's that's the line. Uh, running back Saquon, we I I didn't really talk too much about this whole Saquon situation. But he was able to sign the franchise tag, didn't want to be selfish, wanted to play the year. Um, I was telling everybody this around me. Uh, no running back is going to sit out a year. No running back. You look at Le'Veon Bell, he even regrets, regrets it to this day. Running backs have short shelf life. And if you're going to sit out a year and waste that amazing few years of your life, then that's not very smart. 
as you're going to have a year off and then you're going to try and get signed by another team. Not very smart on Saquon. Smart to sign the deal. Hopefully, Giants re-sign him next year. You know, I have a special place in my heart for Saquon. Obviously, Penn State alum. But he's just great. And he's a, a very likable guy. And you see him around. He's just funny. Great guy. Really good running back. Um, hated to see him go down with those those injuries. The high ankle sprain. The ACL. You know, the tweaked ankle. But you just love, you know, you're just attached to him. So hopefully he finishes his years out as a giant. I know he does. Uh, he wants to. But backing him up is Brita, Brightwell, and they got Eric Gray at four string. But watch out for Eric Gray and James Robinson and Deshaun Corbin. Uh, Robinson for the Jaguars was pretty good. Had a thousand yard season. Uh, didn't really work well with the Jets, but... You know, you don't know. It was a pretty good addition just in case Barkley sat out for training camp. They would have some replacements. But Eric Gray, um, Eric Gray, we'll get there. I was, was going to jump the gun. But anyway, let's move the defense. Got Dex at nose tackle backing up with Nacho, Joaquin Nunez, Roches, um, and Donovan D- Jeter. D Jeter for Michigan. Uh, but he's he's fifth string, but it's all right behind Kevin Atkins and Jordan Riley, uh, who is a um, rookie. I keep saying freshman. I don't know why I keep thinking freshman. Anyway, got Leo at defensive tackle, backed up by Sean Robinson, got him signed from the Rams, and Ryder Anderson backing him up. Uh, this D-line should be looking nasty. Zizo Jolari on the end with Jahat Ward. Uh and obviously Kayvon with O'Shane and Timon Fox. And then a middle linebacker, Bobby O'Karake, savior behind Carter Coughlin. At the will linebacker, you got Darian Beavers starting over McFadden, uh, which didn't see that one coming. I honestly thought they would go with McFadden. Um, but apparently Beavers is looking much better from the season as ending injury last year. Going to cornerback, we got a Dory Jackson and backing up by Trey Hawkins and Radarius Williams. Now, Trey Hawkins, everyone talking about Trey Hawkins. He kind of swept training camp as long with uh, Daniel Jones going absolutely berserk. He has been looking very nice out of Old Dominion, Trey Hawkins. And I'm not sure. I think in, a, in an ideal world, we want him to start. But here's the questioning move. Not this next one. Deontay Banks starting, Amani Oarie backing him up. But at nickel corner, you got Darnay Holmes starting. Darnay Holmes was demoted to third team, and I think he's been working with third team. So this is why I don't think this is this is obviously true. But you never look at a at a unofficial depth chart and be like, yeah, this is exactly what it's going to be like. Um, I think Cordell Flott got Darnay Holmes. Cordell Flott looks much better at nickel corner. Um, so I think we'll see him and I think Trey Hawkins will also get some, some reps and probably will start. He's been looking very nice, but we got to see him obviously in the preseason. Um, and of course a strong safety. We've got Jay Penny with an insane interception a few days ago, uh, backed up by Dane Bellin and Bobby McCain from the commanders. He's at third string here. And then obviously Xavier McKinney at free safety backed up with Nick McClowns and Javarius Owens out of Houston. He looked uh, trying to get some good tape on him. 
not tape, but uh, training camp tape. He's he's hasn't looked that bad though. He's looked pretty good. Um, and going to specials, obviously got the core: Casey Kreider, Jamie Gillen, and Graham Cracker Gano. But a punt returner, punt returner, we do not see a Dory Jackson. This is crazy. Dory Jackson was catching punts, and a lot of Giants fans were losing their mind. But he's not on this. He's not even on any of this. Eric Gray, the the it keeps saying freshman, the rookie. He technically is a freshman, the rookie. Eric Gray, um, Oklahoma. Uh, he's starting punt return right now behind Khalil in front of Khalil Pimpleton Mickens, who was here for to be a punt returner. Darnay Holmes and Darius Slayton. I really like that move, Eric Gray, small but fast, and I really think he could be a pretty decent punt returner, and we don't have to worry about a Dory Jackson getting injured or anything because he's already a little bit injury-prone to begin with, so we don't want to put him on that list. Anyway, kickoff return is still Gary Brightwell with Eric Gray backing him up. Gary Brightwell is not too bad, but that rounds out the unofficial depth chart, which was released yesterday. This was released this morning, but it was released yesterday, and we were taking a look at it yesterday. Anyway, don't take anything serious. I don't think this. I think a lot of chain, a lot of things will be changing on this depth chart. A lot of a lot of the small things, obviously, like uh, interior guards. Um, obviously, the cornerback situation. The, the big, the big questions. Going into this season, I would say top three questions. Number three, you got secondary. How's the secondary going to do? Number two, I'd say interior O-line. And obviously, number one, I'd say probably receivers. Just because, yes, we have a lot of them. How many get hurt? How many stay healthy? And how many actually produce? As we've seen from, thanks, Kenny Galladay, the offseason hype of Kenny Galladay and him doing absolutely nothing. I'm not saying any of these guys are trash. But you never know what, how people can perform in New York. New York's a scary place to a lot of people. Thanks, Joey Gallo. Um, some people just can't perform in New York, such as Kenny Galladay. So hopefully things work out to plan. Darren Waller stays healthy. And we're just absolutely flying on all cylinders with this offense. I would love to see it. You know, I've been waiting, not all my life, but... Back to when I really started watching the Giants football and really knowing what it was, I would say 2015-16, watching that 11-5 and team go crazy with Odell and Cruz and Sterling. Uh, but really, see, I've never seen another offense like that every, ever, ever since it's been terrible. But seeing an offense that's actually watchable, um, last year's was watchable, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'm a receiver. I like, I like watching... You know, I love watching DJ just load up and throw it and go deep downfield. You know, obviously everyone loves to watch that Kansas City type offense, that Buffalo type offense, but it's a fun offense to watch. You know, and not not overloading Saquon Barkley, getting people not to stack the box, put eight in the box, wet ready for Saquon Barkley, make them make them think twice, guard up on Waller. You know, and have Slayton. Slayton is underrated. I mean, he's starting to get recognized today, now. But you know who else is getting recognized is Daniel Jones. Uh, I've been seeing the last two. I forgot where, but I've begun. I've began to see a lot more of respect 
from Daniel Jones for Daniel Jones. Um, he was, uh, who talked about him? Greg Jennings talked about him on Greg Jennings and speak Schultz report says Daniel Jones would be a top 10 quarterback. And Greg Jennings said, Daniel Jones is a top 10 quarterback. This is his top 10 list. Number one, Mahomes, number two, Burrow, number three, Hertz, number four, Allen, number five, Herbert, number six, Rogers, number seven, Jackson, number eight, Lawrence, and then number nine, Daniel Jones, ahead of Dak Prescott, which is even sweeter. But both of those reports coming out, I believe, on the same day. Yep. And some people think they're crazy, but slowly but surely, recognition is being thrown out for Daniel Jones. And I'm thinking, wow. We're starting to move the gears, and I believe if this year, pending pending injuries once again, I hate saying pending injuries, but as a Giants fan, you just know that there's people going to be injured. I hate to say it, you just know it every single year. Knock on wood, no one gets hurt, but you just know people are going to get injured. But it, bearing in injuries, Daniel Jones is going to put this league on notice, and I've been saying this since day one, and all of the same reasons. I don't want to get into this argument. But if you listen to this podcast before, you know my arguments on why he will be good this year. And they're just they're just repeated because they have to be repeated because people don't understand. But anyway, let's let's move on before I get too ramped up. Uh, but we'll talk about training camp. So training camp, Daniel Jones has was balling, and so was the offense. The offense was completely knocking out the defense, uh, dominating them every day. And we, I don't even think we saw one defensive dominant practice against the Giants. We go to Detroit joint practice. Um, Daniel Jones on the first day was 7 for 15 and 11 11s. A uh, couple sacks. Uh, Waller missed a, a grab and... DJ was missing on a bunch of easy throws. So that was day one. I don't think day one was pretty at all. I believe seeing just clips and reports, I don't think day one was pretty for the Giants. And everyone's like, okay, back to reality, back to reality. Day two, DJ was six for eight, two touchdowns on seven on sevens, but that's obviously seven on sevens. And then 10 for 12 with three touchdowns on 11 on 11 red zone drills. A great bounce back. From yesterday's uh Slain had two touchdowns uh Saquon and Cole Beasley with a touchdown reception uh Dane Belton forced two fumbles and the pass rush apparently had a, a very good day so that was the reports coming out that was from today but you see the team bouncing back and we're not going to get too ahead of ourselves but I really want to make this pod because we haven't in a while I will get my co-host on this and we will be doing some in-depth off-season because, you know, 31 days until Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys. And it can't come any slower. Been waiting for months. It's starting to ramp up finally. Um, and I'm just ready. Make sure, if you haven't already, ow, scratch myself. Follow the Twitter, follow the Instagram, All Blue Giants. We'll be posting some more content. Uh, I will be editing some more things. Uh, got some some cool edits coming out soon. But please make sure to follow that. Stay tuned. We aren't going to be going on break for a few months. Trust me. 
Um, hold on, hold on. Before we we edit out, Bobby Skinner, our insider, just reported from the Giants and Lions joint practice number two. The end. Daniel Jones and the offense looked a lot better. One missed deep throw, one dropped interception. O-line was much better. Great day for Slayton and Waller. Giants defense forced three fumbles. Leo had a good day, and Deontay Banks made some plays. So that was the end of that. Anyway, shout out to Knicks fans paying Josh Hart 81 mil. That's smart. Love Josh Hart. Anyway. We'll be back, I would want to say, tomorrow, maybe maybe during the weekend with another pod with my co-host. We'll be talking a lot in depth. We haven't made a podcast together in a while. So we'll have him on back here, talk about some critical points, talk about who should be starting for receiver. Because honestly, the wide receiver uh, situation is it's in depth and it's out of hand but anyway we'll get into that and we'll get into some other key points with that let's go giants baby